Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. We gotta jump right into it, because it's a good day, it's a very good day. We have good news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Rachel Dolezal, if you don't remember who this veritable lying sack of shit cunt was, is... Um, she is the white woman, the 100% white woman who permed her hair, took dying things it looks like, and, uh, I forgot, she, she rose to the branch of the double, uh, NAACP, uh, because she claimed to be black or part black or whatever. <laughs> and now, justice is served, the reality, real world has kicked in, karma has kicked in, and, uh, no one wants to hire her. Nobody. Rachel Dolezal. This is from the New York Post, by the way. <coughs> I'm going to have to cough because uh, a sort of friend of mine decided to smoke cigarettes at the cigar lounge and everyone got sick. Rachel Dolezal, the infamous white woman who for years passed herself off as an African-American and rose to become head of the NAACP branch, is now jobless, on food stamps, and expects soon to be homeless. And she deserves every... She doesn't deserve the food stamps. She deserves to starve and fucking die. A defiant, of course. She's defiant because reasons. 39. Recounted her current plight to The Guardian, which is, I did not read The Guardian article and I refuse to send them traffic. That's why we're reading The New York Post. Dolezal said she's only been offered jobs in reality television and porno flicks. Well, you're a good actress, dear. You, 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 aren't, you do not deserve any real work. You do not deserve to be put in positions of importance or relevance. You deserve, you, you are a great actress. You faked many things. You could fake an orgasm, so you deserve to be in porn. Uh, a friend helped her come up with the money for February's rent, and she doesn't know how she's going to pay for March. And she still says she's not white. Quote, I do think a more complex label would be helpful, but we really don't have that vocabulary, Dozal said, to, uh, told the Guardian. See, it's, it's the world's fault. You guys haven't come up with a word yet to describe a way for a white per- a woman uh, to lie and live a lie and claim she's black and collect uh, uh, all the benefits that come with that. Uh, I feel like the idea of being trans-black would be much more accurate than I'm white because, you know, I'm not white. Yes, yes, you are white, dear. She, Look at her. She's still delusional, fucking mental. I don't believe for a second, though, she actually thinks that. I know she damn well did this because she wanted to choose the side that would get her the most easy benefits. She wanted to claim she was black. She wanted to get the affirmative action. She wanted to play the victim. She didn't want to work hard. It's no coincidence she ended up in the NAACP. That's not an efficient organization. It's not about excellence. It's about professional bitching and whining. So don't, it, it, and I don't fall for this false pretext of, oh, I didn't know, I'm just mentally ill. Give me the gimme dats. Uh, calling myself black feels more accurate than saying I'm white. Okay, whatever. 
Dolezal was exposed in June 2015 when a local television crew asked her simple question, are you African-American? Pictures of a younger, white-skinned, and blonde-haired Dolezal soon surfaced, and her story exploded. The formerly successful leader of the Spokane NAACP chapter and a university professor. <laughs> oh, did I not give you guys the formula on how to find evil people? Who once sued historically black Howard University for racial discrimination because she was white, now says she's been turned down for 100 jobs and her memoir was rejected by 30 publishers before finding a taker. Anything to avoid a real job, huh, sugar tits? She's also apparently begun ruffling the feathers in the transgender community by claiming that like race gender is fluid. That, oh, that race like gender is fluid. It's more so, Dozal said, uh, told The Guardian, because it wasn't even biological to begin with. It was always a social construct. This, this harkens back to the, the last podcast where, where I wonder... You know, again, the baby boomers and, and, and the academia classes and all that, they really did a number lying to the Gen Xers and, and some of the older millennials. But the younger millennials and the Gen Zers, my God, this is the professor. This is the bullshit. These are the people that are indoctrinating the kids today. And just what lies, just what paths to, to ultimate ruin they are sending generations of kids down. Simply because these kids are willing to fall for the, it's not your fault, uh, you could get a free lunch, all the lies of socialism, all the promises of socialism, and, and it's just too sweet a lies to, to, to turn down. These young kids, well, one, they're too young to be wise enough to know there's no such thing as a, as a free lunch. Two, they've been programmed to believe and, and demand such a thing as a free lunch. Uh, but... Um, my God, just, and then oh, the entire environment, three, the entire environment has been programmed to give them a free, that, that's all they've ever known. So, and, and I always wonder, you know, oh, are, they, are they really that stupid or are, were they so successfully conditioned and brainwashed in their environment that they actually believe this bullshit? I wonder, I wonder, I don't believe, I, deep down inside, I don't believe it. I don't believe you could be that dumb, but then maybe you can Regardless, it doesn't whether they believe it genuinely in their heart of hearts or not. They still act on it, and they fool themselves into believing it. If that makes any sense, and when you live a lie, whether you fully believe it or not, but when you live it, you ruin it. You ruin your life. And so, I can only imagine how many millions of young people, particularly women, that believe in this. Everything's fluid. I'm not really black. You know, blue is the new red. 40 is the new 30. Whatever other fucking lies inferior people want to tell themselves. As long as you can abdicate responsibility and owning up to your own mistakes, that, that's all they care about. Just a, a, a cowardly, uh, deathly fear of, of owning up to your mistakes and admitting you're the main reason that your life fucking sucks. What was it? We were talking about this at the party. The last refuge of a scoundrel is patriotism or is it religion? We didn't know which one it was. Uh, it's not the last the last refuge. It's it's faking mental illness or insanity. That's the last refuge. Uh, for example, da, 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 da. 
I feel that I was born with the essential essence of who I am. What the fuck does that mean? Whether it matches my anatomy and complexion or not, Dolezal said. I've never been... I've never questioned being a girl or a woman, for example, but whiteness has always felt foreign to me for as long as I can remember. I didn't choose to feel this way or be this way. I just am. Bullshit. What other choice is there than to be exactly who we are? I don't know. You fucking get in line. (laughs) You're not a precious snowflake. Well, anyway. So not only is this good feels and we're all very happy that this lying bitch... The, the, just and I do mean just just every word you could come up with, every pejorative you could come up. We're all very happy that she's unemployed. We're all very happy that her life is ruined. Uh, and and a lot of it has to do with her her last name being unique because you know if it was Jesse Jones, well, there's plenty of those she could change her hair, dye her hair. But I think she's so committed and she has such a unique name, she has to own it now. She has she has no other choice but to double down. But what I <clears throat> want to point out is this is what happens when you... It's not betray your race, but when you lie, when you're intellectually dishonest, and you subscribe to a religion or a tribalism uh, that I think a lot of white people are doing, and that is they see the writing on the wall, their genetics kick in, and they're going to say, well, I'm going to go with, the, with team liberal, team socialist. Because whites aren't standing up for themselves. they dare, Otherwise, they're called racist. They're called, uh, well, the, the men are called sexist, but the whites in general are called racist. They all have privilege. These kids, kids, this gal's a little bit younger than me, but certainly Gen X and, and younger have all been brainwashed. Oh, whites have privilege. Oh you're, oh, you're so mean. You're so, you have original sin. And since whites don't stand up for themselves and say, shut the fuck up. I mean, some people do, but that's not going to get coverage in the mainstream media. And certainly isn't going to get coverage or, or highlighted in academia. So these kids are brought up like, think, wow, the world hates us. We better get on the bandwagon of hating ourselves. And I don't want to use the word traitor because it indicates that, that the different races are at wars with one another. But when leftists come out and define everything by race and pit them against one another, and they start using things such as privilege and institutional racism and all, in that context, you could see where it's like, whoa, not only are the minorities going to be against whites, according to academia and, and news media and then Hollywood and all that, but even some whites are against whites. And we better get on this, this bandwagon because that's the team that's going to survive. Only because whites never stood and said, yeah, you know what, shut the fuck up. No, I didn't do anything to you. And what people do see that it isn't covered. So the perception is whites are just rolling over on their back. This triggers a Darwinistic instinct, especially upon, among the weak and the scared and the cowardly, to, to like, oh yeah, yeah, I have privilege. I have privilege. I've, I've unfairly been advantaged, disadvantaged from, from, the, from non-white people. And then you get this race. At, at the best, you get this race where it's a virtue-signaling masturbation competition. Who can virtue signal the most? Who can be have the most white guilt possible? But she just went a little too far in claiming she was black because she wanted the goodies. See? She should have been just like any other normal white suburbanite swipple piece of shit. She should have claimed she had a mental illness and therefore had a disability. That's the white person's crutch. That's the white person's professional victimhood whore game. All right? Look, if you're white... Right? And, and you, you benefit from privilege, and you don't dare stand up for yourself, 
You don't dare call out BS on uh, on institutional racism and all this fake victim whoring going on. And you want to play that game and you want a virtue signal. You you don't claim to be black. <laughs> you can claim to be transgender. You can claim to be bi. That'll certainly get you into the victim whoring game. But you don't claim to be another race, especially like that. Was it Elizabeth Warren, the fucking whore, that claimed that she was Indian, Native American Indian? That that because now, see, it's all fun and games to get the free goods and the gimme dats by the people who participate in uh, trait whoring, be it gender, sex. Uh, they and therefore why I believe deep down inside a lot of these people know exactly what they're doing. They don't actually believe they're discriminated against. They just know if they complain they're gonna get money for because I have trait X. Alright, so so not everybody in every group does that, but those that do, I think deep down inside know fully well what they're doing. So then when a fake fraud imposer comes along, a white woman claiming to be black and she gets exposed for well, no wonder she gets fired. Because it's like, well, hey, wait a minute, you're not really black. It's like, what do you care? You're all victim whoring here over at the NAACP or Black Lives Matter. What do you care? Well, they actually care because they're actually genuinely racist. They can't, can't be a white woman in this group. Actually, you could even say, well, one, it would be racist. But when your group is defined by the fact, you know, it's like having a men's club. Well, technically... A men's club is sexist, but it's the definition. Like, no, this is a guy's club. Get out of here. A women's workout only. So uh, it's not a malicious racism, but it's almost a, it's a definitional racism. Where it's like, yeah, but you're not fucking black, Rachel. What the fuck? All she wanted to do, and let's be very clear, because this is where I don't believe she has a mental illness or anything, because it's, it's all about the fucking man. All she wanted to do was have an easier life. And she knew that if she joined the team where not only was everyone racing to, to flaglate themselves and, and prove how virtue signaling and good and open-minded diversities and, and, oh, I hate being white and how you have white guilt. Not only did she, she want to join that team and get all the affirmative action and all that other stuff, she wanted to join because that's the one that seems to be the one that's going to survive. That's the one that's going to win in the end. Because I wrote it, I didn't write it, but I suggested to it in, in uh, my post on Cappy Cap before that, well, what did I write before? Where did I go with my thought here? Oh, minorities are at least more aggressive and have more self-respect than the native white population. You could say it's because they actually have more self-respect. They actually respect themselves more. It could be the brainwashing. Certainly a combination of both. But she's looking at the wall. She's looking to protect her age. She's looking for survival. And ain't no white people standing up for themselves. And they're going to get run out. They're going to get run out. You're going to get run out. You're going to get outbred. And that's exactly what you deserve. If you do not have the basic self-respect to stand up for yourself, say, fuck you, I'm not racist. Fuck you and not stop cowardly hiding behind your traits or your gender or the hole between your leg or the color of your skin. Knock that fucking shit off. It doesn't fly with you. Oh, no, because you're all afraid of being called an istorinism. She sees that. She sees that her genetic team, her traits that she has, the, the other people with her traits, don't dare stand up for their self-respect and actually fall for this poppycock malarkey bullshit about institutional racism and white privilege. And, da, 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 da. 
And so when she sees not only the majority, not all, but the majority of non-white people going along with this, yeah, let's go get Whitey's money, let's go get Whitey, blame everything on Whitey, and then she sees damn well near probably 75%, of especially her peer group, also white, saying, yeah, it's our fault too. What do you think she's going to She's going to want to go with the team where everybody is. But like I said before, she made the mistake of claiming she was black. You could still, <clears throat> look, for all you pussy white people who, it's not that you hate yourselves, you're just cowards and you don't dare stand up for self-respect. You got a couple choices. You can engage in the virtue signaling contest and claim you hate yourself as much as you want. You can fall for the bullshit. You can parrot the institutional racism claims. You can parrot uh, Black Lives Matter's chants. You, you, can, you can do that. certainly one thing. And then the future justice and judges will look back and they won't, they won't remember that you protested with Black Lives because they won't care. They're after your money. All right? But you can do that, and at least then maybe you'll seem to be on their team. The second thing you can do, uh, you could claim to have a mental illness. That is the white person's way to victimhood. But that doesn't assuage your fears that, okay, you're, you're still white. And so the United States is quickly becoming anti, a team anti-white, uh, even include white them, whites themselves. But if, if you're just in it for the monies... All right. Well, you just claim you have a mental illness. The Aspergers, the autisms, the ahud, the hud, the huds. All right. Pick your, oh, what, what is, uh, social anxiety disorder. I've seen enough. Oh, uh, oh what is it? Bipolar. Uh, not to say these things again don't exist, but damn only your 90% of you are faking it. All right. And then come on, guys, look, how hard is it? It's not like the special ed teachers in the public school systems aren't like chomping at the bit to start handing out pills and diagnosing every little kid with a mental problem because that's future job security for them. They need you to have your uh-huh-duh-duh-duh-duhs and the Asperger's and the autisms and the social anxiety disorders and all the other fucking bullshit crap that was made up in the past 20 years. Right? They need you. So it's not like you will be unwelcome. They will, they will give you the monies and the fields and the special privileges. They will give you that. Okay? Especially if you're faking it. They don't care. The ones who genuinely have it and the parents of those children might be royally pissed off that you guys are taking resources that were meant for their actually uh, their children who actually have these disorders. But eh, since when do you guys care? You're a professional victim horse. You want the monies. You want the give-me-dats. Right? So you can do that. That's another thing white people can do. Right? But the, the one thing white people cannot do is you can, even, you can even claim gender is good too. Gender's fine. Oh, I, I, I'm the bipolars, I'm the pansexuals, I'm whatever the fuck variety of sexuality Lacey Green is this month. Probably depends on the type of mold in her vahahaha. So you could claim, you even could claim to be a different uh, uh, sexual pressure, preference orientation. But you cannot claim to be another race. Because the races actually have self-respect and care about themselves. They are not going to say, let you say, well, I'm black. And this is one good thing. And this is why minorities will win in the end. And, and by win, I mean they'll outbreed. They will be the majority of the population. They will take over the, the government. They will, they will own the country. Uh, and they will be more economically successful because they have self-respect. They have the self-respect to say, no, you're not black, asshole. 
No, you're not Hispanic, and no, you're not Latina or Latino. Get the fuck out of here. Here are our rules. You you have to be one of us. You actually do indeed have to be one of us. Not think you are. You actually have to be one of us. You can't do that as a white. Just, Just a hint out there. I mean, so, look, I know all you lazy Gen Xers, Millennials, and Gen Z fucks, you, you want anything. You want, desperately, you want anything to avoid a real job, right? But that doesn't mean you can use any excuse to avoid work to have a real job. But that doesn't mean the left hasn't done an amazing job of giving you a ton of bullshit options to choose from, okay? You can't, and even and it goes the other way. This has it actually doesn't have anything really to do with white people, uh, because it's visual. Frankly, if if a black person claimed he or she was white, it would still be the same amount of bullshit. Now, whites would be, well, I don't know. Okay, you're white then too, because you know, frankly, whites are pussies in this country. And they have no self-respect. But most people even then would say, dude, fuck, get the fuck out of here. You're not white. Right? So it's, it's not going to work because we can visually see that. But gender, mental illness, and by gender I don't mean like what do you actually have. It's like what do you prefer to sleep with? Right? That is all available to you. That is on the menu. Okay. So if you are a prof- professional victim whore, you are a lazy parasitic fuck, you are willing to not only ruin your life, but immorally live off of and parasite off of others. You have a smorgasbord of menu options provided to you by leftists to claim any one of a category of disadvantages that, according to brainwashed idiotic, idiotic Americans, grants you the right to take their own money. You could claim you're discriminated against if you're a minority or female. You could claim gender that is non-traditional, non-binary, and then that you can also then claim to be the attention whore, or the victim whore to get the monies for the <laughs> You could claim mental illness. That's a popular one amongst the most spoiled, elitist, cunty, swipple white people in the suburbanites uh, across the fruited plain of America. You you all have your spurgs and your autisms and your and your hudhuds, right? You can all be the fucking amazing atheist and claim you're disadvantaged, right? That's your but you cannot cross the racial line because it's visual and can actually be empirically proven. Now, who knows? In another 20 years, Americans will be brainwashed and stupid enough to literally, I mean, literally think about that. It would be the example of the emperor having no clothes. It, 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 is, it is almost as close to a real-world incarnation as the emperor having no clothes where you are, visual, you are denying what you visually see. Where there will be a black person. You see them, they are black, and they will claim to be Hispanic. You will see a white person, and they're going to claim to be Asian. You will see a Swede, and he'll claim to be Mozambican? Mozambique? And you'll see uh, uh, an Arab, and he'll claim to be Eskimo. And there will, I do believe, because again, Americans are pussies, no one wants to be adults. No one wants responsibility. We're all more interested in getting that free government check, and we'll do that through whatever disadvantage we can. And we certainly don't want to be impolite. Heaven forbid we're not, we're not polite. Uh, the day is coming where you will have people denying the emperor has no clothes. They will say, that, that is not a black person. That is my internal racism, assuming he is a black person. He is white because he said so. 
Oh, that's not an Asian. That's a Hispanic because the, the, the person that I racially, racistly see as an Asian, and I should be ashamed for my eyes seeing what they do, um, he is actually Latino because he said he's Latino. And then, then it's all over. It's all over. But it is good to see. It is good to see, at least the black community, having a little bit of self-respect and kicking this fucking cunt out of their system. And it's good to see the rest of society. She's a, she's a pariah. She's ostracized. She's been uh, banished. No one wants to do it. It's a little bit of hope that, that you know, here's this gal. <laughs> and how delusional do you have to be? Only an academia and only a professor, only a nonprofit type could get to that point to think, I'll just claim I'm another race. But the rest of the world's not having it. And you all, Rachel, you violated the sacred victim group, and that is blacks. You cannot violate it. So now now the left isn't even going to help you, which is where you've entirely based your retirement life on. And now you're still going to be dependent upon the left as a welfare bum. But you can't handle that because your ego's too big. You've got to be a director, vice, reserve, such-and-such over at some-sucking, cock-sucking, faggoty Department of Academic Studies of blowjob horns or something like that. But it is nice to see that, I don't know, maybe this is the last strand of sanity that the world is not going to hire this person. Wonder what ever happened to Adria Richards. You guys remember that gal? Hang on, let me take a look, see if I can't find her. Hang on for a second. Okay, I found her. She's got a website. And uh, it looks like she's still unemployed. Uh, she's got uh, about Adria Richard. Adria makes complex technology simple to understand. Partner with leaders in the change for innovation, including Dell, Motorola, Samsung, T-Mobile. Adria has consults with companies to help them be more productive. Recognized as a trusted source in her field. Adria, okay, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. You go to her site. Basically, she she's like me, but she's not admitting that she's me. Uh, she's got a YouTube channel. Uh, she goes. She does speeches. A few weeks ago, I gave a talk at the 2015. All right. So wait a minute. Here, here's her website. A few weeks ago, I gave a talk at the 2015 Lesbians Who Tech Summit in San Francisco. One, that sounds like a very narrow niche of people. Two, it sounds political. And three, it was in 2015. Um. So she's not keeping her. What she's doing? Nothing. She's doing nothing. Her website is butyouragirl.com. And she always focuses on the... Uh, that's, that's what you do when you're, when you're unemployable. You say, oh, I'm a re- oh, here's her resume. Let's take a look at her resume. Talented, enthusiastic, independent consulting. Technology consultant. Minneapolis, Minnesota, San Francisco. Oh, she's on my neck of the woods. She's a consultant from 2006 to present. Pre-sales research to define and document technical requirements, technology audits, implementation, product evangelism via conferences. Oh, fucking bullshit. This is all bullshit. Training projects and clients. John Deere, Zendesk, Minneapolis Urban League. Startup 2013. Yeah, she's unemployed. This is, this is, and then, like, hey, the last refuge of a scoundrel is a self-employed consultant on the internet with a highly political website called But You're a Girl. What was the other thing? I, I, I saw it here. No, let's go to the menu. About me. She has a wish list. This is hilarious. This is hilarious. Speaking events. Life goals. 
Build a Ruby app for something I'm passionate about. It's always got to be passion. I want to make this my passion. How about what fucking pays? Number two. You guys are going to love this. You're going to love this. Find an amazing guy to be my uber super awesome boyfriend. After you... Again, you you wonder... Are they aware that they're doing it? And they lie to themselves? Or are they really this delusional? Adria, you just got two guys fired. Now, admittedly, this is several years ago. You just got two guys fired for cutting a joke. You're a fucking Iron Maiden. You're a goddamn ball and chain. Who the fuck is going to go date you? I mean, I know in Silicon Valley, there's a lot of guys and they're very desperate, but by God, all they have to do is look up your name and Google you and say, she did what? (laughs) She got two guys fired because they cut a joke at a conference? And then they're going to go to your site and they're going to see that you are all feminist and this and rah, rah, rah. And if they're savvy, they'll know how to read your your resume and know that you don't have any job. I mean, you don't have any real profession. I mean, my God, your life goals. Finding an amazing boyfriend to be my super uber awesome boyfriend. Speak to young women about careers in technology. You don't have one. You, 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 even I admit I don't have a real job. My entire job is basically telling people not to make the mistakes I did. And you you know, you when's the last time you programmed something? Uh, establish a non-profit to empower brown people and women in technology. Meet Gina Trapani, meet Tyler Perry. Appear on Twit this week in tech with Leo Laporte. But you're not in tech, you're a political whore. Visit the vineyards in Sonoma. Visit Jerusalem. Write a book about my life. Write a book. Oh, my God. Well, then maybe you could become president. Attend a TED conference by 2012. Speak at a TED conference by 2015. What? More bitching and whining about white people and discrimination? Dude, isn't that like so 2013, 2014? Attend a workshop on how to start a nonprofit. Write a book about technology. Get my CompTIA certified technical trainer. Do do you do you ever work? Do you ever work? Goals complete. Guys, here honestly, you want to see someone who's mental? This is a mental case. Go to butyouragirl.com. Yeah. Even CSR people are going to read through this gal's site. Adrian, I'm not joking. I am not joking. Contact me at Asshole Consulting. I don't care if the money comes from a leftist or a rightist, but you, this is... This is a website of a person who takes every minor thing in life. Hugging trees. What the fuck is this? Pet lover? Even my bio isn't this long. What is this shit? Oh, look, the Blogging While Brown Conference. (laughs) Oh, it's always the traits over your accomplishment, isn't it? Because that's just easier, huh? Anything to avoid real work, Adrian. You got to love these uh, people who fake and claim to be tech people, but they really avoid technical work, and they just 
bring in politics and oh you need to you're all racist if you don't hire these you're all six if you like, that's not a job that's not a, that you're not in tech you're not in tech you're the nag of tech you're the fucking nag the harpy of tech oh god hey i hope you corporate executive types i hope you corporations hire lots of people like her I hope you hire tons of them. You spend millions of dollars on them as consultants and you learn just like the St. Paul Public School did with the Pacific Education Group. Um, that hiring people whose expert and profession is simply politics and professional victim whoring doesn't produce profits. It doesn't increase efficiency or productivity. All right, let's do some sponsors. All right, what we got for sponsors here? Where did it go? Uh, enjoy the decline is an audio. All my books are now in audio. And, uh, not all of them. Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty still isn't in audio yet. But all the books are in audio. Enjoy the decline being the most recent one. And so, uh, for those of you who do not have time, you're like me. And I, this is why I put them into audio. Because reading is stupid. Uh, especially now with the technology we have. I know we want to curl up with a book. Some people want to curl up with a book. And since most of those people are women and not men. And you guys are men and we do not have the time. We are busy being men. I have conveniently put all my books into audio for you. So we have Enjoy the Decline. That's living and accepting with the death of the United States. Uh, We have Bachelor Pad Economics. That is an absolute must for all you boys out there. If there's one book I recommend you get, please go get that book. If you haven't gotten it, please go get it. Oh, Aaron, I know everything you've said on your podcast. I kind of get what you're talking. No, you think I know there's some gems in there that I did not talk about because I wanted people to keep buying the book. We also have Worthless, the Young Person's Indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major. That's for all of you young people out there. That's a lot for you parents out there. Let's talk to the parents. I I ran into a guy who is paying for his daughter's degree out of state, 40 grand a year for a worthless degree. And this guy has gone through hell and high water to get where he is in life. And classical mistake where he just wants everything better for his children than what he had. And he doesn't realize the reason he is such an interesting man, such a successful man, such a, uh, uh, an accomplished individual is because of the hard trials and tribulations that he went through. And in spoiling his daughter, rotten, she is going to become a worthless person. And she is. She's going to get a worthless degree. She's going to be spoiled. She already has no clue what her old man went through and is completely unappreciative, completely unappreciative. And now he's going to dump her out into the dating market and she's going to ruin some poor, sappy kid's life because she's just not an accomplished individual. So parents, stop being stupid as fuck. Stop being naive as hell. And not only get your children this book, but read the book yourself. Worthless. It's available on audio, Kindle, and paperback at Amazon.com. We have Curse of the High IQ. That's for all the people that listen to this show because you guys are smarter than average and you need to know the disadvantages and the problems and the pitfalls that come with having a high IQ so that your life is easier. We have Reconnaissance Man. That's for uh, any person in the world who does not know what they want to do with their life. You say, is it really that broad of it? Yes, it is. And it's very short, and it's very precise, it's very succinct, and it gives you a roadmap to go and figure out your shit. So everyone's like, oh, well, I don't really know. I know what I'm... No, 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 no. Get Reconnaissance Man. Read it. Be happy. Give me your money. Uh, we also have the best of the blog. If you like reading the blog, but you don't want to sift through all the, wow, what, 12 years now of archives? Go and get the best of books. There's two of them. Captain Capitalism, Top Shelf, 
and Captain Capitalism Reserve. There's also a magazine I was going to try and do, but then I, the business model I had, I admit I was wrong. It relied on pretty girls to be responsible and show up on time. So since that didn't happen, uh, there's only one issue out, and that's called Captain's Quarterly. You could find that. It's a little pricey because we have a very pretty model by the name of Cindy Moran. Who, yeah, she's not bad. And um, uh, she's she's not bad. <laughs> she just... Get get that. You can get it for much cheaper on Kindle uh, because uh, it's it's a it's a color it's color too. It's got colored charts, colored pictures uh, on the paperback, which obviously makes it more expensive. But the Kindle version, obviously, because of digital technology, it's a lot cheaper. We have Run Guts Pull Cones by Adam Piggott and his other book, Pushing Rubber Downhill. Please go and take a look at those about the adventuring adventures of our Australian adventurer, Adam Piggott. We also have Chris Muir's Day by Day Cartoon. You can find that at daybydaycartoon.com. And then we also have the uh, uh, two audiologists, two recording professionals, jimfear138.blogspot.com and undertowaudio.com, two young gentlemen who are in the business of doing great audio recordings. So if you need someone to read your book or any kind of other audio work, I cannot recommend these two gentlemen enough. They are busy with their own lives and their own professions, but if you... Uh, if you uh, have the time and the money to afford them, I strongly recommend you do for whatever voice projects that you have coming down the pipe. That's the good shit. That's we're we're uh, just so you guys know we're we're interviewing. We're not interviewing. We're just sitting here drinking coffee at the great Matt Baldoni's house, and we're we're recording it. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Yeah, so we don't have so I don't have to record this again. I already had a, I had a segment uh, recorded at the movie theater parking lot <laughs> over by. Uh, that's a good. That's a good recording parking lot. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, no, it's not bad. You know, and 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 your uh, your your uh, beautiful and reliable Detroit, Michigan uh, Chevrolet truck uh, makes for an incredibly. Acoustic rich environment. It's a good, it's got great audio. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It's my putt putt truck. (laughs) God almighty, I've recorded so many. I, and I I get, um, rightfully so, I'm getting complaints from some fans about the audio quality, not of Uh the podcast, but of the YouTube. Okay, let me talk to them for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, uh, you want to complain? Listen to a podcast you pay for. They pay for it every time they pay. <laughs> no, I, I was. There's no. There's nowhere else to go. Like I, I kind of. I'm starting to understand movie studio or not movie sto- studios, recording studios. Uh huh. Why you guys have them? I mean, I knew why, but the acoustics is a huge thing. Yeah, and it, it's more complicated than you think. Yeah, it really is. Like when uh, th- there's been a recent surge here in Vegas of new recording studios being built. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's kind of like why half the porn business has moved out here from L.A., you know. Uh, a lot of the record business has done the same, you know, because the cost of doing business and the cost of incorporating are much lower out here. And so many, like, especially in the rock world, like in the, you know, hair band world or heavy metal world, a lot of these guys are moving out here. It's becoming like this second Hollywood for a lot of these old music personalities. So people saw a need for that in some studios in recent years have gotten built and I've seen I've worked in some and I've seen most of them 
And, you know, they bring in engineers just to treat one room, one 50 foot by 50 foot room with 12 foot ceilings. Mm -hmm. They will bring in a team of engineers to try and treat that room and decide where they're going to put certain paneling in the walls and where, and, and, and what they're going to hang on certain surfaces. You know, the floors are going to be a certain material. The walls are going to be curtains here, but wood here. And there's going to be foam base traps in the corners. I mean, they, they'll spend tens of thousands of dollars just acoustically treating a room. You know, because uh, if it's a live room where like an entire rhythm section is being recorded or something where you're going to record like something orchestral, like strings or horns or something... Uh, that all has to be treated so that the purity of the instruments comes across on the recording as clearly as possible. Well, I was, I got, I, I just, I, it's not that I didn't know that a lot went into acoustics. Like I knew not to record in a hardwood floor room in a kitchen with tile on the side. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew that much. You're going to get some annoying, you know, it's so ironic and funny because you want to record what we call as dry as possible, like without any reverberation or or echo or, or yeah. anything like that. You don't want that to naturally occur. But then, like, I, I go and do recordings, or like even in my guitar rig, you know, uh, I will go back and add uh, digital echo and digital reverberation really? on my sound <laughs> to make it sound like I'm I'm in a large room after the fact. You know, like after the recording's done or during the gig. Like if if I'm playing in a particular room. That doesn't sound good. I will add some of those ambient echo and reverberation sounds to my vocals and to my guitar to make it sound like I'm in some big cavernous church see, or you, something you like and, that. You and DT got... <laughs> see, I want to record it once and be done with it. Because I don't want to be going through an edit. And that's why I, when I built the um, that record my shed that quickly became a recording studio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you know, I could spend all this time editing it in Gold Wave or Audacity. Mm-hmm. Or what do you use? Um, I like to use Audacity for um, for kind of editing projects that are a little bit more on the minor side. But like when I'm doing tracks for people's albums here at home, I, my entire computer system and my phone and tablet devices are all Linux based. So, oh, I, so okay. I use a, a software called Ardour, which is uh, like the Linux an open source digital audio workstation, which pisses some people off that I work for and do studio work for because they're, you know... They can't open them or something? Well, no, they can, but they get them in, in file formats that, 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 you know, maybe they don't recognize. Oh. You know? um, but it's, it's, it all bounces down to the same file formats that can cross over between, like, the, the Mac or the Apple, you know, Pro Tools and Logic format versus the Windows formats like Cubase or Cakewalk. Um, it's all. It ends up all being the same, but but you know people don't like what they don't understand, or you know, or or what's unfamiliar. And I refuse to to um, buy into what the rest of the music business uh, subscribes to with this whole fucking Apple cult. You oh, know. Were we just talking about that last? Time? Oh, by the way, how's the coffee? Mmm, the coffee's mm, the good. The coffee's good. Yeah, shout out to DT. Yeah. Shout out to Blackbrigade.org. He's actually he's coming back now and like sort of almost, you know. And it's hard for him with his house being paid off and his kids at school and his wife making all the money. Yeah. It's really hard for him to like mail a podcast in every week. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I've been getting really spoiled because like he also uh, claims to be a musician. You know, ooh, I don't call. Ouch. Him, I don't call Ouch. him a guitar player. I call him a guitar owner. 
Um, and uh, wow. you know, if he wow. wants to, you know, if he wants to wants to show people, you know, he wants to start talking like he's some kind of fucking musician. Well, let's let, let's hear you play, buddy. You know, you know, it. It's just sad he doesn't have the time to do podcasts yeah, I know. and play he's, musicians. He's leads yeah. an incredibly high-stress life with a paid-off house and kids in school all day. You know, he's got to go work out at the gym about half an hour a day, mm-hmm. and he's already got wood. That's the other thing. <clears throat> See, now he's got no excuse because Minnesota had an incredibly mild winter, <laughs> and his wood pile, and that's the biggest was thing. Was it a, mile, a milder winter? Very. Than, it was warmer. It was did it warm- start late? Uh, it did. Yeah. It did. That's how the girlfriend learned how to ride a motorcycle because mm-hmm. it went well into November that the riding season was. Right. And then, there was, of course, there was like the, the below zero temperatures. I think it got to minus 13 in December when I was there. Okay. I was, I was, Still pretty. I mean. Oh, yeah. It's, dude, I'm from California and I moved right here to Las Vegas. So I'm a, I mean, I travel a lot, but I am a huge, gigantic pussy when it comes to weather, man. Yeah. Like, I own a winter coat solely for touring because we're just not going to use it yeah. here. Well, it was you know? I it was colder here for a solid week than it was in the Twin Cities. Right. They had this balmy 60 degree something. I'm like, it's 53 here for a, and I was pissed because <clears throat> the whole reason I do this isn't to visit assholes like you. Mm-hmm. It's so that I can brag to people back at home yeah. and yeah. take pay. And there was no sun. There was no, well, well we got rain for an yeah, entire fa- week. Right, yeah, Twin our Cities. favorite meme is, uh, is like... Uh, it circles among all the entertainers here on social media. It's like my favorite part about winter is watching it on television from Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, and, and especially now, you know, you realize kind of why why we live here. Now, with most people who visit here who don't know better like you do, um, even though, like, it'll be 62 degrees and breezy on Christmas Day, you know, and the sun will be out, Still, people from the Midwest, people from the Northeast, even people from the Pacific Northwest will still have to bitch about, you know, like insert that little, like stick in that, well, the summers are pretty bad, though. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's hot. You move to the Southwest and the summers are going to be hot. I don't mind at all. I love it. Um, Being in the pool every day. They're miserable. That's, I'm I'm being, they're just jealous. They're really jealous. And I, could be. I, I don't believe it's a, that they're jealous to the point that they're, uh, it really bothers them. But it's a mentality up there. It's this Scandinavian-German work ethic. Seriously, that's well, at least in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Although, now Leif's up so they, from they, Seattle. They think they have to be miserable? In order yeah, to- yeah, it's really this. In my, it's it's kind of sad. I, I, when I did my road trip out to Florida to drop off that RV, I met my dad in Mobile because he, he snowbirds down there. Now, this guy just turned 70, and just now he's, he says, yeah, I don't know why people do this. It's like, it's like Dad, your life is over. Like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't know why people do Like, you can come down. Why didn't you decide this before you shot a load into my mom? Right. And then I, we could have been warm. You know, like, I would have been happy with Tennessee. I would have been happy with Texas. Yeah. They still get a little bit of snow. Yeah. And, you know, as a kid, I didn't mind snow. But, man, like. I've seen some really beautiful parts of both te- Texas and 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 Tennessee, one of my um, favorite parts of of the South was actually being in in uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee. I thought Knoxville, Tennessee, was a particularly cool place. Downtown? <clears throat> yeah, I, the place I played was was downtown, but even the countryside surrounding Tennessee, I thought was really really beautiful. 
Well, that's it's right up against Smoky Mountain National Park. Yeah, and that's yeah. where that. Um, well, I had Glorious Carl held that uh, Manosphere meetup or the meeting of the minds, mm-hmm. and um, and I just dropped south and uh, did the tail of the dragon. Where was that meetup at? Meetup was in Ohio. Okay. So then I shot across, went across Kentucky, uh, got to Knoxville, met. Uh, Dr. Glenn Reynolds and Dr. Helen Smith. They're the ones oh, wow. Run, yeah, they run PJ yeah, Media. I've, I've read her book twice, actually. The yeah, Men on Strike. Men on Strike, yeah. Yeah, it was so cool to meet them. Mm-hmm. Like, because, and you, you, nicest people ever. You know, you think, all oh, these guys are kind of like, you know, practically celebrities. They're mm-hmm. on, they're very in demand. Yeah, in our, in our corner, they're re- important people. Oh, they're huge. Yeah. They're like, they're tight. And so, and I met them, and they're just the sweetest, nicest people and I was like, and I, I, I insist on getting the tab. Like, you don't have to. I was like, no, no, you don't understand. The fact you linked my book <clears throat> six years ago mm-hmm. is what makes it possible. I could drive my motorcycle down here and right. say hi to you it guys. It really like, helped you out. Yeah, the yeah. least I can do is pay for your half a rack of ribs or whatever. Right. You know, we, we, <laughs> I could pay for you. That's your, cool. I didn't know you met both of them. That's, yeah, that's cool. yeah. That's cool. I would love to speak with her as well. I, I'm really proud of the work that she's done you know like like the writing that she's done has been important for so many men i just don't like what's what certain men in our corner a certain sect of our corner meaning the men's rights guys and i don't mean to pigeonhole all the all these guys i don't like that they've ex- sort of exploited dr smith's work into this victim race with the feminists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, look, she she put out a really good, really good comprehensive text, you know, outlining so many different things. Very and, academic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she obviously is a very, very smart and well-studied woman, put a lot of... Uh, She's she's, she's into the just book, charming but. too. She the way they interact. She's got she's the high energy one. Oh, okay. And Dr. Reynolds is more more even keel. She's also pretty. She's I I was not going to say that, but she is she is. Wait till you see her in person. Okay. I mean, you think she's she? I mean, certainly an older woman, but mm-hmm. by God, if your wife looks like that at whatever her age is, forty eight, forty nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you're, fine. You're a lucky son of a bitch. That's yeah, I've uh, I've uh, I've dated women that age. You know. You can't deny they're attractive. It age, I don't discriminate. You know that's good. You don't. You're not an ageist. No, I'm not. No, I, I I've gone from 48 to 22 in like the same three or four months. Mm. You know, when it comes to like somebody I'm seeing. I'm trying to think, the oldest. I don't know if I've gotten to the 50s yet, but I'm also older now, and it's, I've been out of the game for quite some time. I know. Mm-hmm. One of the funnest times I had, I was in Chicago, I was 22, and there was just this babe, I swore she was like 25, she was a cyclist, that's how we met, we met at a bike race, Okay. like pedal bike, not motorcycle, <clears throat> and just, to the day, the hottest girl I've ever dated, mm-hmm. to this day, and the weirdest thing happened, like I went into, like I came back to her apartment, and I'm looking at these pictures, now this is in the late 90s. And these pictures had that yellow film. This is before digital pictures, mm-hmm. before you know, cell phone cameras and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. Instagram filters. Yeah, this is this was an act. <laughs> these are actual pictures. So I don't know if you remember, but pictures from the seventies, and any picture in general would start to get a yellow film on it, a yellow yeah. hue as they would age. Yeah, and uh, this, yeah, yeah. The, the the actual paper that the pictures were printed on 
would get this patina, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and it would age them in a really cool way, so, so much so that there are actually, you know, filters for your phone camera and filters for Instagram that do that digitally. Right, right. So, <laughs> so I'm, this is not digital. And I'm, and I'm like, you know, and I was no Sherlock Holmes, but I'm trying to figure like, well, these can't be pictures of her. She's my age. Who, who are these people? But they're not old enough to be your parents. I'm like, I'm like well, who are these people? So, so that's me and my family. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of looking, and the fashion is, like, really old. And I'm like, <laughs> and I look at her like, how old are you? And she just stops. Oh, and she no. looks at her, I'm like, and, and then my mind's racing. like, oh, in, shit, what in, is Yeah, it? in their defense, they don't like being asked that question in that way. Well, no, know? but I, I was 22. I was not the <laughs> James Bond polished gentleman that I am today. Uh, I, I look, I, and because and, it was an innocent question, because it wasn't, I was trying to pry for her age. And she's just like, I was born in the only default presidency in the century. I'm like, God damn it. I'm like thinking, okay, default presidency. I'm like, Kennedy, he was assassinated. So then it was Lyndon B. Johnson. And I'm like... Born during the Johnson administration. Well, but was he reelected? Was he only, was he, did he only take over? I said, was it when he was reelected? Late or 60s. Was, well, she says, the only default presidency. So I'm like, oh, shit. And then I'm like, JFK was murdered, what, 64? 63. Yeah, so I did the math. And I just, I'm like, how the hell? Mm-hmm. And she was like, so at the time, I think it meant she was 38. Mm-hmm. That just made it better. That just made it all right. in my, because I'm like, I'm naughty. Right. I'm naughty. It, oh. I was, uh, I was traveling a, a, a little while back. Um, Any coffee left? Uh, no, I'll make some. Okay. Um, and I ended up spending time with a woman who was just turning 50, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I remember thinking, man, she, you know, and she was a dime piece, man. I mean, just really, 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 really beautiful and really charming, incredibly fun to be around. And uh, she, you know, she lives, lives in, uh, in uh, Tampa Bay. Like, I think she lives in Sarasota, actually. Okay, down and, south. And uh, she's got money. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't hurt. Never hurts with the but, money. Like all of a sudden, after we had already kind of gotten close and we're spending time <sighs> together, all of a sudden the mentions of the grandson <laughs> oh, started showing whoa. up. And I was like, "Wow, okay, well this is slightly weird now." That just you know, that took away uh, the money. I was like, "Hmm, okay, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, there's a grandmother in my hotel room." You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But uh, you know, didn't really change. Didn't really change much. I remember. It, okay, so when I turned forty. That didn't make me feel old. Even when I turned thirty, that didn't make me feel old. Mm-hmm. But the because it's just like that's yeah, a number, and that's the way it goes. Time doesn't slow down. You can. There's other things you can worry about and can actually be changed. This cannot be changed. Mm-hmm. But one of the more starker reminders that I was aging was there was this gal. She was like the MILF cougar of the swing dance scene. Okay. And additionally, thankfully, she was a slut. <laughs> Which means she would sleep even with a schmuck like me. Uh-huh. So it was my turn. And I took her home and banged her. And um, I think it was... I, I can't remember that. I was certainly still in my 20s. She was in her 30s. Well, then, not even a decade goes by, her illegitimate son, or pre 
18 year old when she got pregnant son and ended up knocking up this hill and then she was a she was a grandma I'm like oh shit you know it's like ew I now technically screwed a grandma and <laughs> yeah it's a little weird if you, I mean I you know if you can get over it you know but you know I was on a gig the other day and I was speaking with uh, the sax player who's a really um really good friend of mine one of my oldest friends in in vegas and a great musician and he just recently had a breakup he 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 split up with his girl after something like eight or nine years you know and he's i'm gonna be 39 in like a week and a half and this guy i believe is 38 i think yeah and um we were we had a discussion because you know he he got out of this relationship and this guy is by the way a su- super great musician super studious guy owns his house mm. you know really successful professionally and a you know a tall lanky good good looking guy women like him they always have you know but he's like a free agent again and he's back out in in the in the in the free market and um, he, you know and, I, and we, we had a conversation because I know the same thing has happened to me in, in in recent times where all of a sudden we turn you know men our age turn this corner and I, like his new chick that he's kind of seeing or whatever is like 24 years old mm-hmm. you know and uh, the new one that I'm seeing is 22 yeah. you know and um, of course we, we, we both we talked about the you know the that that people people do the whispering when they see you know a couple enter a room or an event you know yeah. with that kind of an age disparity or whatever and and uh, we we had a long discussion about which has been mulled over a thousand times in the manosphere uh, you know how certain men when they get to be a certain age all of a sudden kind of turn a little bit of a corner and girls in their twenties their early to mid twenties start taking an yeah. interest oh, yeah. you know and. Uh, there are a lot of really, really, you know, it's so funny because it's that age group of women that a lot of the MGTOW guys and a lot of the people, a lot of the men in the manosphere complain about. Um, but there are a lot of benefits if you're, if 40s hanging over your head to dating somebody in their early 20s, man. It's, 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 it's really cool. Really? You think it's, there's some benefits, huh? <laughs> you think? Well, there's, there's certain, there's certain things that are going to be, you know, it's 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 about what you want to trade off. You know, like dating somebody you know your own age, or even dating somebody older. There's going to be certain things you you don't have, the certain annoyances you won't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then dating somebody who's that young, there'll be uh, you know other things that you will have to deal with. Well, it's, you know? it's kind of the dream come true. Like you know, you say, if only I had known back then what I know now. Mm-hmm. You kind of do have that, mm-hmm. like when you did, because I know you certainly aren't the only one. Uh, we know another friend in common mm-hmm. uh, who was dating younger gals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the you don't put up with the bullshit. Like you know exactly how to handle them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whereas when you were twenty two or twenty three or their age, you had no clue they would run right over you. And now it's kind of like I, I. It was brilliant. I saw a friend of mine uh, who we have in common. Just put a woman in her place. Mm-hmm. She was acting up, and he basically said, "No, we're going to do this." Yeah. And <clears throat> it, when you were 22, 20, you know, let's say you're average day millennial. Not one millennial today, 
of the male persuasion has ever told his girl that he was interested. No, you're going to knock it off. Yeah. You're going to do this. Yeah. That's not happening. No, that does that 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 doesn't happen right. with with men that age. It doesn't. You know. But that's um, what those girls are looking for. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say. You know, like a lot of the more bullheaded guys in, in this community, you know, like, you know, put, you know, put a woman in her place and put your foot down and whatever. And, you know, but you, you can there are ways if, if you're dating somebody and and regardless of her age, if, if she steps over the line with certain kinds of behavior, there are very subtle and very calm um, and, you know, sort of rational ways that you can just make yourself clear. You know, listen, sweetheart. This is my life. I am in charge, and there are rules. You don't decide. I decide. You know, and if it really gets bad, and say what you will about this, but it's true. Listen, sweetheart. It, like like Bill Cosby had had. This, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and bring up a rapist. Um, <laughs> uh, Bill Cosby had this bit in his show many many years years ago over 30 years ago that was a really aside from what's happened to the guy lately you still got to remember that the guy was an amazing entertainer who changed right. show was, business. oh when we were kids that's all yeah. we listened to yeah. but he used to say that his father used to tell him when he was but look i brought you in this world i'll take you out mm-hmm. you know and uh, it doesn't make any difference to me because i'll make another one look just like you mm-hmm. you know what i mean and sometimes that i've found that to be necessary listen sweetheart Three you're point, not my only choice. Yeah. Okay. Three point five billion women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not my only choice. So, please don't make me trade up for the new model. Mm. I, I've, I've come to accept because I've witnessed it. Uh, no one's perfect. Everyone's going to make a mistake. But especially how women are programmed, that even the best behaved of them, even the most mature, responsible, they are still going to have their female moments. Mm-hmm. And. Whereas a lot of people, oh, it's just the time of the month, or oh, that's I do not accept it. Mm-hmm. But you're still going to, no matter what, I've I've learned to accept this. You are going to have to be put into position to occasionally say that will never happen again. Mm-hmm. And if it does, mm-hmm. there's the door. Mm-hmm. And it it's tiring. I got very angry when I realized that this was going to be a thing, uh, and, and I've just accepted like, no, this is this is why, and this is that bit of wisdom that the baby boomers decide to throw out. Oh, men and women are the exact same. All this other bullshit that we've heard, but it was—it's one that I—I'm sure maybe roll over some other people have talked about it. People who've been married or been down that mm-hmm. road, but you—you you are always going to have to. Not ideally, you're going to find a girl that once every year or two years is going to have one of these f ups. But there's there's all you are always going to have to play that fatherly role, whether you like it or not, where it's like you will never belch that loud again in public. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, my brain is still reeling that you can belch that loud. Right. But I swear to fucking Christ, right. if you do that again, mm-hmm. you can go and date people up in Green Bay who cheer on the Packers <laughs> and belt and fart and yeah. swill and eat shit. Eat a bunch of cheese and yeah, sausage. Eat yeah, eat cheese and sausage, and they will accept you in open arms in that tribe. But right. while you're here in yeah. this tribe... right. We're going to be more of the Cary Grant, here, Audrey Hepburn yeah, type yeah, tribe. While you're here, you're going to act like a lady and be an adult. Swear to or God. you're out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I've recall. I don't, uh, as as a lot of people know, I don't drink any alcohol or do any drugs, mm-hmm. right? And you know, it's not like I'm one of these reformed, you know, 
You're not we, going to church. We have TV, patience, yeah. you know. I don't go to meetings. I don't, you know. It's just, it's not something that, it's not something that that interests me. It's just a, a choice not to do those activities. You know, I just, I like to. I, I'm a control freak. I like to be in control. Um, but the, it's most often happened this kind of exchange you're talking mm-hmm. about when I've been out with a woman and she's had too much to drink. You know? Interesting. Okay. And um, I'm about to do a piece of writing that maybe I'll, maybe you can use as a guest post or something like that about how I'll need at it because I don't have time to write. <laughs> I gotta drive back. Well, home. it's it's uh, it, it, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a observational anecdotal article about how girls behave in Las Vegas from my vantage point. You know, and, like the and, party girls, or well, like whoever. I'm I'm an entertainer. I'm on stages all over the strip and all over the city, and I also travel internationally and see. You know, but you know, most of my time is spent entertaining on stages in Vegas, where everybody comes to act stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have a wealth of observations that I need to share about the depravity of women <laughs> that that I see from my professional vantage point. You know, from the way they dress when they come to Vegas to how they act when they come to Vegas, and 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 uh, it it really gives you know. So I deal with drunk women all the time, but there's like a, a little bit of an invisible wall. Yeah, it's like a double-sided them. study or something. Yeah. You're, you're in your lab coat there with your clipboard. And right. You uh, yeah. Cause it. you know, I'm straight and I'm at work and I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm, you know, watching all these people hook up sometimes hundreds, sometimes thousands of them, you know, out there. And I'm watching the women, what the women do to attract the men and what kind of men, flock to them mm-hmm. all the while while there's this live entertainment going on and whatever and it's re- it's been a really really interesting study the whole time I've I've uh, I've lived here but for that reason for for the reason that I find drunk people to be generally annoying and and also for the because because I do not drink alcohol and I think people who drink too much are fucking assholes mm-hmm. I have a very low to zero tolerance policy for a woman drinking too much. Mm-hmm. If you do not know your limits and you do not know to simply, uh, you, you do not simply know how to have a glass or two of wine with dinner and relax and whatever else and you start getting stupid, you know, the worst is when a woman comes to my gig and just gets drunk. I mean, and so by the time I, I get off stage and I got to get her out of there, it's like dragging a a, a mental patient. Was this like a date that you, you would know. bring, or are you just talking to someone in the well, audience? Well, what responsibility you know, I, I can't, is the I can't stop people from coming to see me if it's a if it's a public ticketed event, or if it's an right. event in a venue that where the public can just come in and eat and drink and and whatever else, or buy tickets to, or pay a cover charge to. I can't tell anybody not to show up if the thing's open to the public. So sometimes over the years, they've just shown up. And just gotten shit-faced during the course of me performing this set of music that I've been assigned. Mm-hmm. And then now i got to be like a babysitter and a handler. Yeah, it's a liability that's affecting your client, too. Yeah, well, yeah. actually, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's happened, too. Like, you know, the business that you're working for, the production company that uh, I might have been working for, is going to be reluctant to hire a band back if they know that fans of the band come and sure. get drunk and act stupid, or if they don't tip, or if they don't pay their bill, or if they don't, you know. So, I I have a really, you know, I want you to be, if if you and I are dating, 
and you're a woman, I want you to be comfortable and relaxed and be yourself. Are no, you girls I... all paying attention? <laughs> Sign up at www.datemapaldoni.com. <laughs> Send in your resumes, a little questionnaire. Headshots, dimensions, um, dietary preferences. Political. Um, yeah. You're just yeah, not poli- a leftist. That's pol- political leanings yeah. and uh, family background and genealogy. No other men's children? No. No other men's children. No interest in that. But yeah, dealing with dealing with a drunk girl is pretty much the thing I hate the most. Mm-hmm. You know, it's with it's nicest for me if I know that she can whoever she is, if she's in my life, if she can if she can, you know, wants to have a beer during a football game or, or, or if we go out to watch a fight or whatever, you know, has a has a couple of cocktails and is just fine with that and she's relaxed and and whatever else. But as soon as it starts to go over the line, mm-hmm. You know, or as soon as you start to know that, it start to notice that a woman has a high alcohol tolerance. <laughs> you met like, one. <laughs> oh, well, she didn't tolerate it too well when you oh, met her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're speaking of. Yeah. Oh. You know. Okay. Another another recent gig story. I'm not going to mention who I was working for or who you know the the band I was working in or the company that I was working for, but earlier this week I played this gigantic corporate event where, um, at a hotel on the Strip in this gigantic ballroom, 2,500 people were in attendance, where the, the main source of entertainment was, was uh, how it was sold to this large corporation was, uh, you know, hey, you're, if anybody who works for your company plays any instruments or sings or dances or whatever, you can get up and play with a band of Las Vegas strip yeah. entertainers. Yeah. 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 And so people just, and you know, you can do this, this like American Idol or America's Got Talent s- style format mm. show where different people can get up and showcase what they do. Client gets to participate and yeah, have fun exactly. too. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay. So everybody wants to be a, a fucking musician. That's why all those horrendous and egregious fucking television shows have been so successful and have spent so many years trivializing and marginalizing what I do. I, I hate them. But anyway, you pay me enough money and I'll do anything. So in, 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 in the case of this particular gig, it was plenty, plenty of money. So all these executives who are kind of hobbyist weekend warrior musicians are getting up and we're rehearsing with them and we're, we're um, you know, working out. We're kind of producing them, for lack of a better term. As if, you're, you're even taking the time to prep them for the yeah, actual well, performance. Yeah, well, no, we, we have to. We yeah. have to make sure that, that they're as good as possible. It's part of the job. So there's okay. this, like, coaching for a day and then a 90-minute, you know, curtain open performance that night with all these people. And it's, it's a real shit show in all honesty, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, that's the job I'm paid to do. And, and, and I, and, you know, there were a couple of guitar player guys I met that day who were very good, actually, and nice to be around nice, nice fellas, kind of really super respectful because I always had, I also had to let these guys use some of my equipment, right? you know, and that always worries me because I care very deeply about my stuff <laughs> and I don't want people breaking it. Um, but you know, so we did the rehearsals, and and these guys, I'm not, I can't name the company, but these guys are in the insurance business, right? Okay, and they were from all over the all over the Western world, all over America, and there was a contingency of New Zealanders, a contingency of Australians. I ran also, into some actually, not not on the strip, but there uh-huh. was yeah, I ran, and I'm like, why didn't they take all that? And they uh, they were not sober. They were not <laughs> yeah. sober at all. 
They were yeah. all... Well, again, it's why it's why people come to Vegas. Right, they come to right. Vegas to get stupid, whether it's for work or whatever. So all these people work in these cubicles all over the world all year round, and this is their week to come. And, you know, they go to sales meetings, and they go to, you know, they, they round up what's going to happen for the year, and there's new products and services being showcased and whatever else. And then the end of the of their convention, you know, comes this big party, you know, and with this show, you know, but what they, what these people did, we coached them and we worked with them. Well, then there was a break of several hours where the band had to rehearse some material that they were going to, cause after the show is over, the, we, the band, we're going to play another hour or two of, of rock and roll and dance music yeah. for people, you know, to close out the night, which is actually that they usually go that way. So, so there, there was a, there was a break of two or three hours. Well, all of these insurance guys and gals went out to various places nearby. You know, this particular hotel is kind of dead center on the Vegas Strip. So you can walk across the street. You can walk to all these hotels that are nearby. They all came back and it was time for them to get dressed and get their guitars tuned Uh up. And they were shit-faced drunk. (laughs) Shit-faced drunk. So we have this big dressing room in the back that the band is sharing with all these execs who are... are performers you right. know and so they come in with all these bottles of alcohol and and they they line them all up on this countertop and they set up a bar right and they're pouring and they got paper cups and they're pouring shots and they're mixing martinis and they're you know blah 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 and they're all they're all shooting bourbon and tequila and and, and whatever else and they're pushing the band they're put this is a professional rock and roll band you know a, a group of guys all men by the way yeah who have seen more drugs and alcohol, who have forgotten about more occasions with drug and alcohol excess than these guys have ever seen in their lives. You know, and they're pushing the band, come on guys, have a drink. And the, and, and the rock and roll band is going, no, 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 we can't drink. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm the one who doesn't drink, but all the other guys Yeah, there's rules, do. I'm sure. It says, yeah. Well, first, I don't drink on the job anyway. I don't ever drink, but you know, it's a general rule for musicians, don't don't drink on the job, right. you know, and uh, and and they're getting pissed because the guys in the rock and roll band are the only ones in this room who aren't drinking, <laughs> right? And uh, and so we get them out on stage. We kind of it's like herding cats, you mm-hmm. know. We get them out on stage. They go through their thing. All their work colleagues love it, whatever. And the band played another hour or two, and that was it. But they were all completely shit faced, you know. And and it's it's funny. It's so funny to see people in these different lines of work who come here, and uh, and and this is what they do. And boy, am I glad they do it because if people didn't come to Las Vegas and act stupid, the housing wouldn't be affordable, and, be I would, affordable. and I would and I would I wouldn't I there wouldn't would be, be no able housing. To, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be able to live in in a place with no state income tax. I love it how the true counterculture, and if this is you've seen this happening over the course, but the true counterculture is. No booze, no drugs, nuclear family, job. I mean, you want to be a true revolutionary, you just be a reliable, responsible person with no tattoos. <laughs> it really is. Here you guys are. You guys were the former revolutionary. You guys were the partiers and all that. And like, no, we don't drink. And now everyone, it, well, you, could, you could see it not just with alcohol, but God almighty, everyone's got a fucking tattoo now. Yeah. It's yeah. like, no, you don't, you don't understand. You're not revolutionary. You're not cutting edge. You're not the rebel. You're just the fucking conformist. Mm-hmm. You're just, just... You know, you know the... the um, 
I heard recently that the most popular and revenue generating form of plastic surgery right now is correcting those Old big ear, loops. ear gauge <laughs> holes, you know? And uh, 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 tattoo shops are very popular in Las Vegas. There's a lot of them, and a lot of high-quality tattoo artists live and work here. And, and those guys are real artisans, man, real craftsmen. Oh, they are? Yeah, there's no doubt they're artists. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, and I'm glad. But now they're all doubling in the tattoo removal, removal? business. So, See? yeah, it's, it's really smart. Some of them are, uh, you know... Got, got it done really I know a tattoo artist who works in downtown Las Vegas and, and a few years ago um, he said well I'm going to set up a tattoo removal uh, station in the back of my shop you know I'm like why are you doing that why you're taking away your own business he's like you watch it's not taking away he's yeah. double dipping yeah 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 you watch what happens right so this place is a big place that does tattoos and piercings and there's also a head shop in there sure and uh uh uh, oh, by the way, now this place with recreational marijuana becoming legal in Nevada is also going to sell weed. Yeah. <laughs> um, that should be. Hey, do you got? I, I meant to ask you that months ago. Do you have any thoughts as to? You spent enough time in Las Vegas. Do you have any yeah. thoughts as to what that's going to do to our economy here? It's going to help it grow. Well, here, okay, let's put it this way: <clears throat> that economic production was already there. All right, people who are going to smoke weed are going to smoke weed. And it's such a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Innocuous drug. Cops got bigger shit to worry about. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So all it's going to do is bring it legal, uh, what was already happening in the underground economy. So mm-hmm. it's going to help with tax revenues. Um, well, it's already been medically legal here for some right, time. Right, right. But now people will smoke it. It's just going to be like Colorado. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be a good thing. Right. Uh, there's going to be more dopes, literal dopes, yeah. running around. I yeah. mean, I know like in Colorado... When they legalize, I'm not joking. So you go over I-70 mm-hmm. to go over the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, I, was, I know. Right, I've done that. Yeah, a few times. Yeah. And so uh, it was like two or three a.m. and I get to this town where there's a gas station, twenty four seven. And I know this town is kind of a higher end, kind of think the uh, Sedona maybe. Oh, okay. Of Colorado, yeah. not perfectly analogous, but richer, trust fund baby type. You, you weren't know, old in Boulder, people. were you? No, it was not Boulder. This okay. is up in the mountains. Okay. Um. It's on the east side of Vail. It's on the east side of the Eisenhower Tunnel. Breckenridge? No, no, no. Not a ski resort. It's just okay. a small little village, okay. like a, an right. alpine village. And ski it's town. quaint. No, no, oh. not a ski town. Okay. Like, it's a quaint where all the old people live. All right. I wouldn't doubt if there's a crystal shop up there. <laughs> well, so it's 3 a.m. And I'm at the Valero. That's another hint. It, it's, it's not Empire. It's some other town. Yeah. So I stop at the Valero gas station to get gas. It's 3 a.m. And I'm smelling pot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking around for some dirty hippie or something like that. And it's not. There's like a Mercedes. There's a, It's just mm-hmm. old farts smoke. And that's the yeah. problem is you're going through town. It's like, okay, is everyone doing pot? You drive on the highway, someone's smoking pot. Right. And I'm just kind of like, I, I know, you know, being libertarian, smoke, absolutely. Go do whatever you want yeah. to do. I don't care. Um, but then there's also like a politeness. Like, for example, last night we're at the cigar lounge. Mm-hmm. I came back here, I was hacking up a lung. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because that idiot, well, he's a friend of ours, <laughs> but he lit up a cigarette. And we're trying to figure out who's, who's smoking the rancid thought, cigar? Who's smoking? I, I thought you weren't allowed to smoke cigarettes in that place. I, I think it depends on the, um, 
on the on the owner. Like okay. sometimes they allow outside tobacco. Okay, yeah, because I, I know you know I'm a I'm a vapor and and you know the vape shop is like a place where I go and hang out and I've I've vaped for for years and it's just kind of a, a thing that chills me out. I vape CBD oil. I vape, you know like, mm. um, and I know that most cigar lounges that I've traveled to in recent memory are a vape free zone. Like they don't yeah, al- allow they, you to, vape. and I enjoy having it. It's kind of not the best thing for my voice. It's kind of bad for it. But when I have a couple days around it to recover, I love going and, and having a cigar, but I thought that they didn't allow vaping or regular cigarettes. You know, I'm, I'm sure maybe depending on the state or local law, mm-hmm. maybe they can't have cigarettes, but I'm pretty sure in Nevada, it's up to, the owner of the place, whether right. they allow outside tobacco, whether they allow cigarettes, whether they allow vaping, it's really, but they, right. they let them smoke it. But we couldn't find out because we're like, why, who is smoking the most obnoxious, disgust? <laughs> who is smoking dried shit? I mean, yeah. that's what it was. Like, who is, yeah, because that compared to cigars, man, this, the, the stuff in like regular production cigarettes. Oh, it's is, horrible. Is, that tobacco was so low quality compared to, compared to good, a good Cuban or Nicaraguan. Central American cigar, yeah. you know, it's going to be really terrible. Plus, you know, cigars don't have those other 47 chemicals that are sprayed on the paper. It's just you know? fucking tobacco. Yeah. So anyway, he, he was lighting it up and you're kind of like, well, look, yeah, I know you got the right to do it, <laughs> but how about you not be a dickhead yeah. and ruin everybody's, we're here in yeah. a cigar lounge. I know to many people that doesn't, well, what's the difference between a cigarette and a, and a cigar? There's a huge difference. Yeah, there's yeah. a huge difference. And you know who notices the most? Cigar smokers yeah. who are forking over $15 a cigar in yeah. a very high-end fucking cigar lounge, yeah. and they want to enjoy their fucking cigar. Yeah. Not have some dipshit kid come in like... <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like, it, the, Can you not smoke on the highway? I don't want to smoke pot. Keep it <laughs> yeah. in your fucking little caves, wherever you douchebags yeah. go. I, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind the smell <sighs> myself. I would rather people were were. And please don't mistake me for, I'm I'm a staunch libertarian in the classical sense of the term. But please don't mistake me for those typical like legalized weed kind of li- libertarians. Yeah, you know what I no, mean? I, I like, know. look, I, I, I think I think all drugs should be decriminalized. Mm-hmm. You know, like I. I think the war on drugs is the most expensive and stupidest and most pointless war in American no, no, history. No, the war on poverty, mathematically, financially, is the biggest waste. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. The war on drugs is the drop in the bucket based on what we pissed away since the 60s on poverty. But anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah. Well, oh, and, and to those of you that, that do that are excited about coming to Las Vegas and smoking weed everywhere you go... Yeah, you know, there's going to be a certain amount of that, but believe believe me when I tell you, it's still up to the individual casino and hotel. Those are private. Some of them are publicly traded companies, but those are private for the most part. They're still private. Private businesses. Yeah, they can if, set their own policy. If, a, if the management of a casino does not want marijuana smoke on their casino floor or in their rooms they will throw you out right you know they may not be able to arrest you for it but in las vegas there's a very kind of symbiotic relationship between the local police and casino security yeah you know sometimes uh like for example i was in the bellagio hotel working with a band one night 
a few years ago when it got robbed, when a guy parked his motorcycle at North Valley and came in with his helmet still on and a pistol with a silencer and robbed two craps tables and stole about a million and a half dollars in chips. They got a saw million it. and a half? I saw it time. happen. Wow. Yeah, I saw, I saw it happen. So um, how, how the Bellagio Hotel works is there's this um, second valet station on Flamingo Avenue that's right off of Interstate 15. So you just come right off the freeway. Yeah, you go hang right, right and right. Yeah. yeah, okay. And it's much smaller than the main hotel entrance. But uh, this guy parked his bike there and left it running and came in with a duffel over his shoulder, pulled out a gun, mm-hmm. and the dealer was there. There were a bunch of players there and basically said, hand over the fucking chips, and they, and they handed over the chips. At, and he did that at two different tables, and then he got on his bike, threw the duffel over his shoulder, had a million dollars in chips in there, and took off. Mm-hmm. And because of the logistics of, of, the, of the layout of that valet station, and because he was on a motorcycle... Got right to 15 or yeah, something? Yeah, he got right on the freeway and was miles mm-hmm. away before the cops could get him, right? Mm-hmm. So this was obviously planned very well, right, right? right? What this dope didn't know was that, you know... Uh, any any chip that's over, I think, uh, $500. Yeah. Like, you know, there's $5, $10, $25, $100, $250, $500. I don't know what the denominations of the right, chips right. are. But once they get to a certain number, I believe it's $500, they Put have a tracking... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a tracking device on them. So, um, you know, there was, there's ways that he could have gotten around this. Like, for example, he could somehow in the black market advertise this to regular gamblers at the Bellagio and sell them the chips for half price or something like right. that. And they could they could then go take the chips into the casino and use them. Mm. But um, I don't think he got that far. And they eventually caught this guy, but here's what they point. catch him? Was he all the way up past Nellis or what? Uh, they caught him quite a ways outside of town. They caught him in California or something. Oh, he made, or, he went south. He yeah, ways, huh? yeah. Well, I know he went north. Like he went north towards Indian Springs, Nevada, and Creech Air Force Base initially to yeah. just to get out of the city. Um, but what was interesting about what happened that night was, you know, the band's on stage. I hear this huge commotion. Uh, the band stops. I see people running for the door. And I see the cops come in and get stopped by casino security. Really? Casino security goes, we got it. So, the, so there's a bunch of armed police officers there and um, a bunch of casino security that are all dressed in, of course, their black suits right. with their earpieces on or whatever. And, you know, whereas if it would have been on the street... If it would have been out, like on the street or in another kind of business, the cops would have busted in there and right. and 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 did their you know occupying military force mm-hmm. thing, you know. But there's a there's a there's a weird relationship between hotel security and the police here. Sometimes the police, if it's on a casino floor, because of the rules of the Nevada Gaming Commission, the cops will back off and let casino security handle the problem. That's awesome, you know. And I don't know how that works. I just know that it works that way. Well, that's good. You know? It's cheaper for me. Yeah. I'm taxpayer. Yeah, right. Oh, that's the other thing I was going to say. Um, you might expect a housing boom here. Okay. Uh, not necessarily a housing boom in terms of building up, but property prices might go up a lot as well. Okay. Yeah, that's what, that's what you know, people, 
elsewhere in the country like to really pedestalize Washington and Colorado um, in you know since wreck marijuana became legal in those two states people people have often you know had these lofty visions of what it's like in those two states right now you know because you know the real estate prices have gone up and blah 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 yeah. uh, people are already kind of artificially inflating housing prices around here again because people think that 2004 is going to happen all over again or something around here and I really don't see that happening it's, the last data I looked at it's nowhere near the bubbles I mean it could still go down certainly it's above mm-hmm. the, the historical trend but it's not like what was the stats? I'd have to remember, but I think it was like a 70% overvaluation or 60% overvaluation. Mm-hmm. And I, at first, when I looked at my figures, I'm like, I can't believe this. And that's exactly what happened. Prices came down 60%, I think, right. it was the Twin Cities. Right. Um, and not well, that, that pot is the reason that housing prices are going to go up, but it's not, it's not going to hurt either. Mm-hmm. Vegas has always been a very fast-growing and fast-recovering city mm-hmm. in you know, when you historically look at the different levels of recessions that have happened, you know, over the last 50, 60, even 70 years, you know, where, where if we think about the ones we, we've gone through in our lifetime, like what happened after 9-11 or what happened during the dot-com bubble or right. the real estate, Vegas, especially during the, the real estate crisis and the bailout and the banks and all that kind of stuff, Vegas got hit harder than anywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I was here then. And it was starting to turn into a ghost town around here. It was starting, I mean, people were just fleeing. When I- oh, it was wonderful. There was no traffic. Yeah. I could walk to the casinos. <laughs> it was great. I love when recessions hit. Yeah. I'd vary the contrarian lifestyle. No right. weights at the pepper mill. Yeah. No sheeple. Just, yeah, I, I, I'll take a table. Yeah, That's cool. It. Yeah, for some reason, my numbers didn't really change that much. As a freelance tradesman mm-hmm. in the music business, you know, just jobbing in with whoever, my. Um, numbers didn't really change that much during those Interesting. Co- couple of years. You know, like it. I think that's mostly because of my friends. You know, like we we saw some of this coming, and we decided that we were going to. Um, we had a little meeting, and we decided that we were going to. You know, we made a commitment. Like, look, if any work comes in, let's just keep it among this these groups of people sure. right here. You know, the cartel. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, sort of. <laughs> Yeah, and that served us served us very well because you know when you're freelance, as you well know, um, you're going to get the most work from your friends. Yeah, you know you're going to get the most work from people you know. You're going to get return business from. You're going to get the best recommendations from people you know, colleagues, and close personal friends. You know, you're you're gonna you know they say friends shouldn't do business together or don't go into business with your brother or what or whatever else. I don't know. I I wouldn't survive if I wasn't doing business with my close close friends I wouldn't serve, I wouldn't have free lodging if I didn't plug people like Chad Elkins at elkinscpa.com <laughs> oh. yeah I remember the recession the the 9-11 recession which technically wasn't a recession because it was so weak people like to blame Bush if you remember going back that far it's the worst economy since the great depression it's like no it's not it's not even a recession shut the fuck up mm-hmm. Um, but I remember my enrollments for dance classes went down. Same thing with 9-11, or not 9-11, the housing crash. Those just tanked. And that was that was like, yeah, that, that was why you had multiple streams of income and revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, inevitably now I got out of dancing because it just wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. It uh, 
Sadly, I'm kind of glad I did. Because the, the money wasn't there, and well, it was all hard. fat chicks. Yeah. It all became old fat chicks that want to learn to dance. That, that's hard work, too, you know? Like, I know a guy, uh, I got a friend who is a really, really prominent and prolific guitar teacher here in Vegas, mm. right? And it's just kind of the life that he fell into. Like, he rents a studio and an office space. He used to do it out of his home, but his teaching business got so busy that he was able to afford to rent himself a studio. So he rents yeah. this space in an office park, this this room, basically, where he's got a computer and a little recording setup and two chairs and two guitar rigs, and he's got video and whatever else. And, and he has students coming in and out of this room all day, and he starts teaching in the early afternoon, and he goes into the later part of the evening, and he does this like five or six nights a week. Well, he came to me recently and he was like, I can't do this anymore. And he makes good money. Like, you know, if you're a private guitar teacher and you're good and you're turning out students that are, you know, attaining the goals that young musicians or new musicians, regardless of age, want to attain, meaning, you know, they're, they're studying with you and then they're going and getting into a band and they're right, writing right. songs or they might be, might be working towards becoming a professional someday or whatever, um, you know. You can charge a lot of money. You can demand, you know, between fifty and a hundred dollars an hour, mm-hmm. you know, for for that kind of stuff. And and when you're keeping track of that many checks and monthly payments coming in and all that sort of stuff, it can be very um, lucrative mm-hmm. for you. But he sits in that little room all day teaching people how to play scales and shit, yeah. and and he's 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 it it drives him nuts. And he came to me and he said, "Man." I need to get out of teaching. I need to be playing live more. Mm-hmm. Can you please put me on anything that you can't do? Or if you, if you hear us something, I would really appreciate it. You could recommend me. I said, absolutely, I will. This guy's, his name's Matt as well. I mean, this guy, Matt's a great guitar player. And um, I can't help but think that, you know, this guy, there's a I don't know for sure, but this guy might make more money than I do. You know? I mean, he might. Maybe he doesn't. But... I don't know. I've never asked him. No. I know what he charges, but I don't know how many students he sees or anything like that. And I've never really done the math. And I don't like to compare what I make to other what other musicians right. or other people make. Um, but the validation of being in front of an audience and being on stage with a band is still so uh, so much that even people who are already in the business and not doing that, that's what they really want to do. Yeah. You know. Well, it's, it's the same thing. Like <clears throat> when we first started out teaching. It was all hot young chicks. I don't care what you say. I don't care how philosophical or you get. You get a bunch of hot, young, good-looking gals out there. Every You're like, let's go. Here we go. And, mm-hmm. and then when it was just fat, loud, drunk, recently divorced, middle-aged women, it mm-hmm. just sucked the life out of it. Mm-hmm. And then it became a job. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this. Yeah, well, that's, that's the, the mistake. I think a lot of people make when they look at a life like yours or a life like mine or lives of other guys we know, it sounds so good to them, you know, like, oh, yeah, man, I just want to sleep in till, till whenever and wake right. up and just And ride. it is. By the way, it is great. Yeah, if <laughs> yeah, you were no, wondering, it is awesome. Yeah, it really is. We woke up at, what, 1030 this morning? Yeah. It's, had our, and this is our first real work. Yeah, it's This true. is work right now. Yeah, if you want to call it work. Yeah. It beats a cube any day. Yeah. No, it's it's... It, it it really is a good life, but, you know, I mean, you were just, before we started the podcast, you were just complaining about the workload that you're under right now. Yeah, if I uh, want to do all of it. Yeah, yeah, if you want to do all the asshole consulting, all the writing, 
the podcasts, you know, and a book, and and, and books another, are backing up. I and, just can't keep and going. another book. Yeah, I mean that's a huge amount of work. That's a huge, you know, that's that's two forty-hour work weeks right there. If you really wanted to stretch all that out and add if all I that up, I wanted to do it right. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's a lot. You know, a lot of my work is is administrative. A lot of my work is chasing down money and admin and and maintaining the calendar and then maintaining your equipment yeah. i'm just amazed i mean right they can't see it but what you got six guitars here in the corner? yeah there's there's five or six right here and you were another. waxing your not waxing you're oiling the strings oiling yeah. i mean right it's yeah just just making sure all that like you know i have these different pedal boards that i use for different purposes and different amplifiers for the different sizes of different venues and 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 uh, you know, just maintaining all that stuff and make sure I, it's it, making sure it works. I, pay, I what th- I'd say what two hours of maintenance, calling, traveling tra- for for every hour you perform. There's two hours of overhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, around there. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not like oh man, just goes up there, strings the guitar, and a girl sucks his dick. He no. has to do all this other shit. Well, he has to I, go up there. He has to I play practice, his guitar. Man, then the know. girl sucks your dick. Yeah, basically. exactly. Plus, I you know I, I practice and and you know there's like I, I have this with with practicing and listening to music and I'm sure writers are like this with what they read you know um, with practicing music and listening to music I have w- what's either called protein music or carbohydrate music <laughs> you know like I I do carbohydrate music on the weekends you know like during the week I'm doing protein listening or protein playing mm-hmm. meaning I'm playing things you know I'm at home on my own time where I'm learning them for a gig or I have to learn them for an upcoming gig or, or, uh, you know, I'm practicing things, you know, that like I have a specific warm up routine for my guitar and my voice that, you know, to get me ready for, you know, a long rest of the day of, of, of physical exertion, playing music. Um, but then when I have a couple days and, and I'm listening to music that, that I know is going to help me do my job well, whether it's music I'm learning or just music that gets me in the right headspace for doing my job. But then like on a couple days off, uh, and, okay, so all, the, all that is the protein listening and the protein guitar playing and the protein singing. And then when I have a couple days off, I do the carbohydrate playing and singing and listening which is the cakes and cookies and donuts <laughs> you know so that's when i listen to like you know banging yeah the old rock records that i really like or, or those jazz records where a guitar player is just playing a lot of notes or whatever you know i listen to and play things and uh sing things that if i took them on one of my professional obligations i could get fired off the band you right, know, because, right. <laughs> because I have been fired. I, I've been fired by the best in show business, man. Well, you, but, we've all been. You're not good if you haven't been fired. Right. And right. I'm not even joking. If you have not been fired, you are not good. Yeah, you're not doing the right thing. If you're you, obedient. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. a really good cog, but you are not, now, you are not now, good. Now, you do have to, you know, if you want the money, you do have to show up to the job and do what 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 people say. Like, you know, that's where I'm, I'm envious of you. You answer to far less people than I do, you know? Oh, very few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to answer to a lot of people still. I may have, you know, a lot of different accounts I'll go through in a given week, but I still have to answer to a lot of people on any given evening, whether, you know, there's a band leader and then there's the ho- people at the hotel or the production staff at the show or, or um, you know, the agent or the promoter when I'm on tour or, or, or whatever. I have to answer the press sometimes. Oh, yeah, you, know? you got a lot of bosses. Yeah. Um, you know... And but and so sometimes 
some gigs are so low maintenance that I can just show up and play the music and have fun and be done with it. Mm-hmm. But but those are that doesn't happen that often. No, I got to do some sponsors here. Okay, uh, we got Betterment. Uh, that's I'll the make more coffee. You make more sports. coffee. I'll bang that. Yeah, coffee would be great. And then we can do it. Uh, Betterment, if you guys have nothing else to do with your money, and I mean absolutely nothing else to do with your money, you've paid off all your debts, and you're like, eh, I'll give my money to a government-endorsed pro- program, and hopefully they'll honor the tax benefits they gave me, go to Betterment.com. Actually, don't go to Betterment.com. Go to uh, a- a- CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Betterment banner, same affiliate marketing program. Uh, I get a commission, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so if you're looking to set up an IRA account, do that. Betterment, they got rid of all the humans, and they've replaced them with machines, and that's a good thing. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, it's $100 a month, but that also gets you plugging and advertising on the blog and the YouTube channel. YouTube has about 30,000 subscribers now, uh, of which about 10% regularly watch the videos because everyone's like, I got this many followers, but then only a tenth of the people actually uh, follow and that's about the same amount of independent, individual, unique listeners weekly uh, on the podcast as well. Chad Elkins at elkinscpa.com. Visit our good friend Chad if you need some kind of accounting services, tax services, financial advice services, or consulting services. Chad's he's got the taxes down, but once April fifteenth comes and goes, he is always looking for clients that you need help running your business. You need some kind of financial analysis. You need some kind of business consulting. Contact our friend Chad Elkins at elkinscpa.com. We have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. Our friend John Grant has a podcast station with a bunch of different podcasters out there. Uh, Financial Survival Network with Carrie Lutz. Um, The Real Mark Baxter, Mark Baxter Podcast. Baxter spelled the way it's spelled American, America. You can find him on SoundCloud. Uh, He's interviewing all the cool... Cats in the Manosphere, uh, Ed Lattimore, who else? He had Rolo. Rolo Tomasi and Ed Lattimore were on one of his episodes. That, that one is definitely worth listening to. But give Mark a shot. Go over uh, to SoundCloud look up The Real Mark Baxter. Uh, we have Pushy Rubber Downhill, our good friend Adam Piggott over in Australia. Silvio Canto, Canto Talk. Uh, you can find him on Blog Talk Radio. Blow me up, Tom, and that, of course, is St. Lycus, so if you want to listen to the original, the founder, the, uh, the dad you never had, go to blowmeuptom.com. And then uh, O'Shea Duke Jackson, he's not on a podcast, he's on a YouTube channel. Uh, this is the guy I've been binging on recently. Go check him out. He's uh, a black gentleman from Sacramento, California. Who's found himself in Poland studying to become a doctor. And from all across the world, or clear across the world, he uh, explains predominantly to uh, black men, but it's, it's good for men in general, but it's obviously tailored towards black men. Uh, all the problems they face and the hurdles they face. And if you happen to have just an intellectual interest or you just want to be entertained, he does it all. It's entertaining, it's intellectually stimulating, and, but then it's also very serious what he's trying to do helping out young black men, uh, especially as it comes to dating women, but to get their shit together and make it. It's, it's no diff. Look, I told, who did I, it was somebody, it was a comment section. Some, it was, I was having an exchange with a, a black guy. And I basically said, you give me a bunch of young black men and I will make it so they make more money than Asians. 
Uh, and the way that is, is because all you have to do is tell people the truth. It doesn't matter what the skin color is, what your JJ or your PNA is. Uh, it doesn't matter who you like or who you want to stick whatever into or be stuck by whoever else. Uh, if It's very simple. You major in hard, difficult shit that people are willing to pay for, and you'll make more money. Or you could be females and just bitch and whine about unfairness and patriarchy and the wage gap, and then have every beta male and thirsty man go, I'll help you, my fair lady, and then just get free gimme-dats and privileges that no other person in the history of humankind has ever had. Uh, we have asshole consulting. If you guys have questions and you need my help, you want the older brother you never had. By the way, I bought the domain name to older brother. Uh, so uh, I'll, be, I'll be setting that up to have it be a mirror site. But uh, if the advice we have here on the podcast and the books and the posts do not help you because it does not specifically address your specific situation, go to assholeconsulting.com and send me an email and then be prepared to send me money because I value my time and my life and have basic self-respect. So go to assholeconsulting.com. Tell a friend who needs a swift kick in the ass that you're too much of a coward to give. Uh, so have an intervention caused by me, the old captain, at assholeconsulting.com. If you also want to help the old captain out but none of our sponsors wears uh, peak your interest or uh, wet your whistle, uh, go and buy all of your Amazon or all your online purchases through my Amazon affiliate program. You can go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Amazon banner. And while there, do all your Amazon shopping online. And if you go to my site first and click on the banner, that tells Amazon you came from me. And then I get a 6 to 7% cut or commission of all your purchases. doesn't cost you any more, but that way you can sell, uh, support the old captain without having to uh, donate to charity, which is kind of like the last thing. We're not doing the Stefan Molyneux thing here. Then we have academiccomposition.com. As we come towards the final quarter of college, that veritable indoctrination camp you kids go to, if you're waking up and starting to realize just what a load of bullshit and crack of shit that it really is, go to academiccomposition.com where Alex and his crackpot team of writers will do all your papers for you. They will write your papers so you don't have to, so you can work, you can chase tail, you can get laid, um, you can get an internship, you can use, you know, be smart, be very smart about it. Uh, have academiccomposition.com write your papers for you. It's what smart corporations do when they outsource. Is And I guarantee you, your university is outsourcing as well. That's why you have a bunch of TAs and not professors. Uh, but if you want to uh, pay Alex to write your papers for you, they will. Also, Alex is always looking to hire. Uh, he's looking for authors to write. He's looking for marketers to write. So if you have a good writing skill or you're just unemployed and you want to work at home and not have a real job, but you still want to get paid while you work in Mexico... Uh, contact Alex, go to academiccomposition.com, send him an email, let him know that I sent you. And then finally, they are doing resumes. So for those of you that will be graduating this year and are looking for jobs, for 100 bucks, they will put together your resume. If that's not too out of your price range, it's definitely worth your time to save by paying someone, a professional to do it for you. Instagram.com slash ultimate reading list. Our good friend Max has this website that um, is basically just a compilation of very good books to read. Uh, so if you're looking for a book to read, go to Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. Uh, but also, if you're an author or he's just opening up the, the site, he's got 30,000 followers. If you're just looking to advertise your wares, your album, your service, your product, or your book, uh, Max has always taken advertisers. So email Max by emailing him at max at wooter, W-O-O-T-E-R, wooter, 
www.maxatwooter.co.com.co. Maxatwooter.co. Let them know the captain sent you. That way I get a discount. Because I advertise on his site as well. I'm not just a whore. I actually use this service. Um, so, yeah, if you're an author out there, go ahead and do that. Speaking of authors, Uncle Nick, written by Frank Servi. He also wrote Burning the Midnight. It's two books about a man called Uncle Nick, where he uh, is just an asshole and a red pill man living in California telling everyone to fuck off. It's a great book. It's funny. Read that. Also read Frank Servi's book, Where Pretty Lies Perish. All these are available at Amazon.com. And then we have my two classes, The Analysis Evaluation of Stocks, and Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. Both of those books you can find by searching the titles. Read through the description. I've gone through them before a million times. Take the classes. Give me your money. Be well behaved. Lots of old people take the classes. Don't insult your grandmother. No politics, no cursing, no swearing. Just take the classes online. Take them wherever they're cheapest. Okay, you want to give some shout-outs to uh, some of your peeps? Some yeah. Of your Let's see. Who can I? Uh, okay. Uh, first shout out and the most important shout out I will give is to Neil Smith and the Vegas Guitars Custom Shop and uh, Tone Garden Pickups. Your one stop Las Vegas based small business for the finest in handcrafted electric guitars and electric guitars. They guitar make pickups. them here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, uh, the guitars you see me play most often. Are made by one guy, all carved by hand, uh, at his at his Las Vegas based small business. And uh, greatest instruments I have ever played, have ever owned, have ever seen. Uh, no, I do not get my instruments for free. Uh, I am not a whore like so many other guitar players I know. Going with just the companies that give me free gear, I would pay three times what I paid for these instruments just to play them. And uh, Neil Smith is the best in the business and a close personal friend of mine. And if you're a guitar player and you want to get in touch with Neil to get a custom build. Um, Contact you. Yeah, find me. I'm, Contact I'm, me through I'm you. happy to do it. His wait list is about six to eight months. Oh, that's all. Right now. Yeah. That's the same wait list that was over at the Pepper Mill yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Fucking sheep coming into my town. I also want to give a shout out to Carl Popek Amplifiers. My guitars and my amps are uh, built, repaired, modified, and maintained by all Las Vegas small businessmen. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Carl is the best amp tech in the business. And uh, if you have uh, an amp mod that you want done, if you want a new amplifier that's a replica of something you can't afford or can't get, like one of those prized vintage amplifiers that are going for $100,000 on the internet, um, go to Carl, currently out as a guitar tech with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No kidding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually know those guys. Do you? Yeah. Wow. My knowledge of music is shit, so if I know of them, (laughs) they must be really popular, because I'm like, oh wait, I actually, yeah. They're an important band, man. They're they're doing a gigantic arena tour, and uh, Carl is making an insane amount of money in his weekly salary out doing that, but that tour will be over soon. And he will be home to continue building all of our uh, new amplifiers. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Chris Fahey and Gravity Guitar Picks from uh, Manteca, California. Uh, handmade acrylic guitar guitar picks. Um, best tone I've gotten out of my right hand in, in, in years. I love these things. And uh, his shop is about 20 miles from my brother and his wife back home. So 
This is in California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, whenever I I go home, I get to I get to visit uh, family, and I also get to visit a guy's shop who's making one of the best products in the music business. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Telefunk and Microphones and Covenant Cables um, because that's the best in the business. The Telefunk and M80 microphone is my exclusive microphone for all things Bee Gees and uh, high falsetto, and uh, they're in um, rural Connecticut actually but a really great company this is gonna be very inconvenient for one person to go visit all these places <laughs> yeah and the last shout out i'll give is to actually two uh, i want to give a shout out to uh vape street the best vape shop in las vegas uh desert wind coffee roasters uh single source single family single origin coffee imported roasted and bought and sold and distributed right here in las vegas and uh, the last one is a shout out to Beard Brand Beard Products. I oh, nev- the beard thing! Yeah, oh. I, I never thought that <laughs> I I I would uh, have a relationship with a company that makes products for caring for your beard. Um, but as it's gotten longer, and as I've had it for more time, um, it was made clear to me that I needed to take care of the beard itself and needed to take care of the skin underneath. And um, these guys make the best shit. It like it adds a little bit of time to my you know little abbreviated grooming routine mm-hmm. every day or every other day. But if you have a beard or if you want to grow one, uh, these guys make the best stuff: beard washes, beard softeners or conditioners, beard oils uh, for keeping the hair healthy, and you must- and Rushkin. Mustache waxes for making that little hipster fucking curled oh, mustache God, fuck, on the no, ends. No, yeah. no, if you do that, I will. No, I will not. Not, yeah. not doing the that. The girlfriend will disavow you. Right. Well, yeah. I would like to get my beard more towards the very Viking and manly, dark thickness. Uh, you know, like I'm, uh, like I'm a Spartan warrior from the well movie Three Hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My beard's getting more and more impressive, and I really, yes. I really like it. And uh, that. Um, line of bullshit about women liking baby face clean shaven men I have never heard a more untrue thing hardly in my entire life women love a guy facial hair with you a need full a little beard. bit yeah yeah I I do the five o'clock shadow the perpetual five right. o'clock shadow so gentlemen beard the fuck up not the pussy beard yeah because they're gonna you know no. they're gonna listen they're gonna go wear their salmon jeans they're gonna get the groomy beard they're gonna look like yeah. a fucking what yeah, was it up? Guys, up? please, please what, what, don't, don't, don't do your your closely manicured little goatee. You know, don't, acapella group don't, from the night barbershop quartet. Yeah, exactly. don't look like a barbershop yeah, quartet yeah, don't, fag. Don't wear jeans with embroidery on the back pockets. Don't be a fucking dope. Don't be a pussy. Be a man. Beard the fuck up. Okay, so I finally found out why they say comment, like, subscribe. This is good. this is good to know younger people like the Beckloff, these kids who just hit puberty last week. Oh, yeah. How's that going for him? Good. He, I, I'm kind of. It's still. His balls t- drop. His balls did drop. Good for yep, him. Yep. Good he's, for him. He's got. Uh, now we got to find some broad to drain him. Yeah. I have a feeling he has no problem in that department. I don't think I. I, I don't see why he would. I'm. I'm just making making. We fun just of like him, picking on him. Yeah. No, he's a very very nice man. He's, he's a yeah. really. Nice, intelligent guy, and handsome. If I do say so myself, no homo. But but that's yeah, it, it, that's why we're male because we wouldn't know what's handsome enough. But the comment, like, subscribe. They're always like, "Oh, you got to comment, like, subscribe." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll subscribe." Yeah, I thought like that. No, the reason why is because algorithms. That's why. 
if the more activity you have on your videos mm-hmm. or any kind of social media, mm-hmm. be it Facebook or whatever, that tells it's like a heat map. Yeah. Google's algorithm says, "Oh, there's activity over here. Send more traffic over here or scan it more." Right. So that's why they always do the comment, like, subscribe. So if you want to help out, right. I always say share. You know, tell people mm-hmm. about the cap. That's what old farts like us. us Old about to die Gen Xers do yeah. like well tell some friends about Clary's mustache wax right and that's how we used to do it no now it is it's all figuring out the algorithm so if you really want to help out the podcast or me in general and you don't want to share with anyone you don't like any of the sponsors uh, all you have to do is comment like and subscribe mm-hmm. so just like the video or like the podcast or comment. Right. I know you can vote on iTunes like you can right. you can review it. We are now encouraging you pussies to be keyboard warriors and write some stupid comment about how Clary or Clary and I are completely full of shit. I you know what? I won't even go with the comments cuz the comments take forever. Mm-hmm. And although I'm sure the algorithm says, "Oh, it's a comment, so we're going to throw more weight toward toward it." So I mean, just clicking the like button, that's why. So I, in other words, I finally figured out why everyone's like, "Like our page." I'm like, who gives a shit if they like your goddamn page? You yeah, know? It's, it's the way the internet works, man. Yeah, that's yeah. how it works. All right, in the meantime, also check your nuts if you're a guy. Check your tits if you're a girl. Make Please. sure yeah, you don't have testicular cancer uh, or breast cancer. Uh, also, men, if you're a little bit older, you're pushing the four, the big four zero. Go have the doc shove his finger up your ass. Make sure you don't have prostate cancer. That's affected every guy older than me in the Clary family. Wow. Yep. Every guy. Every guy has had that. So we're talking about serious family history here. Oh, yeah. Well, if I make it to 60, I'll be impressed. Mm. I mean, it's... it's. Um, so, yeah, go get... And I don't just say that because of myself. I've been saying that in general because that... Because, well, well, men have prostate and, and test, uh, nut cancer. Women don't get nut cancer. If you were wondering if women got testicular cancer, they right. don't. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that's for the guys. And reasonably preventable, too. Right. Uh, but for the girls, yeah, the girls obviously get breast cancer more. That. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to do old school, just tell family, friends, loved ones, enemies, and people you are generally indifferent about about the podcast and the Clary Eating Online Media Empire. And that's it. I think i got to splice this all together now. Okay. And then i got to go hang out with that rat bastard, Ken. Oh, oh God, he's terrible. He is, he is horrible. You know what's funny? He doesn't listen to the podcast. We could say whatever. Well, why we want. should he? He already no. knows everything. <laughs> he does. He gets a front row seat. So, <laughs> all right, we'll see you kids later. All right, thanks. Are you going to end it right? Um, toodles. Toodles. <laughs>